coughing When my problems mount Start to count Yeah Start to count Start to count And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber. My name is Larry Wu. Uh, my name is Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, we've talked about uh, death threats on this show before. Is there a website I would be able to go to if I wanted to have somebody rubbed out? <laughs> well, funny you should ask. You should just basically go to uh, rentahitman.com. It sounds so easy. It is easy. In a few easy steps, you too can hire a hitman from... Guido Finelli. <laughs> that sounds like a reputable name. <laughs> well, they are HIPAA compliant. HIPAA meaning the Hitman Information Privacy and Protection Act of 1964. But wait, there's got to be a catch. Oh, that already have to be a tightwad. Or someone who doesn't read, the read anything in the fine print. So, Curtis, you're referring to this trolling website that is actually called rentahitman.com that i came across um for people literally looking f to hire a hitman to, to rub something out um and this guy it's kind of a public service this guy's doing because in some cases he's talked people out of from doing it and in others he's actually called the cops on these people but it also shows you and his site demonstrates it how people are a lot dumber than you give them credit for because oh i give people no credit <laughs> because he says the amount of traffic he has is quite amazing <laughs> uh and, and uh it's 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 pretty funny that that he would kind of put out this site but there is a, there is a history to to guido and why he and which is not his real name but uh uh but you know he uh he's been doing it since uh 2005 i think <laughs> I do like the idea, and it must exist somewhere on the dark web of a of a Homestars like website for uh, underground jobs. Oh, please! Forgers, hitmen. How come you didn't you know, give me a five dollar five star review for that? For those hundreds <laughs> I forged for you. Because the cleanup job was not clean. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I. I... I was quite surprised when I read this, but it's, uh, I also heard an interview with the owner and he's, he's quite a nice guy, but he, <laughs> he says, you know, the stories that he gets, um, are, are quite amazing. So this guy, I'm sure can tell you a few interesting stories over his time. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but other big news in, in, uh, over the last week or so, uh, is it now three vaccines are kind of coming to the forefront uh as a code vaccine all of them kind of now i don't think any of them have been peer reviewed but they're all kind of touting 90 percent uh success rate so well they, they, good... they tout 90 percent, and then the competitor comes in with 93 percent, and then and then they say oh when actually when we finished it was 95 percent nice well you know that competition was... sometimes is good yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah we, hopefully this will uh bring good light to it um you know it's been what feels like five years but really only if you know less than a year uh without one but uh um yeah looking it's forward definitely to get good that news. Shot. it's definitely good news, oh but... oh yeah yeah and 
and of course everything everything comes back to the simpsons when we think so well the first thing i thought about when uh when i heard the news was the uh you know homer you're not going to miss the ballet because uh, just like when you miss dinner with my sisters and then the flashback oh yeah he's getting <laughs> you know, the Mr. experimental serum <laughs> yeah you know mr simpson this causes hair loss giddiness and um uh, loss of equilibrium or something like that yeah. oh, man yeah. I, I feel bad for not remembering the quote yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just give me the serum <laughs> um but it uh it, it's 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 good it's good news regardless mm-hmm. good news um later on in the show before we kind of continue we have an interesting interview with uh our friend mtg moxman so magic the gathering guy uh, so stay tuned later on, or if that's all you came to listen for, you might want to fast forward this to uh, maybe the 30-minute uh, mark, as Curtis and I kind of do our regular thing. Uh, but he's, in case, he's worth the wait. He is worth the wait. Uh, always entertaining guy having uh, MTG Moxman on. Um, it, it feels like it's only been a few weeks since we talked about the NBA Finals, because it has been. <laughs> But the season is starting to kick off with free agency happening this weekend. Yeah, the draft uh, is happening as we speak. Okay. And then uh I can I can look up who went first overall if you want. Yeah, let's 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 get let's get some real time analysis here. <laughs> I don't know who any of these guys are. I've been really out of the out of the loop. Um while while you're looking yeah. that up, Curtis. Um, I was, uh, uh, out and about this weekend, you know, trying to get as much done as possible. And I, uh, stumbled upon a interesting, uh, hamburger joint, um, though the lineup was so insane. Uh, this is Maddie Matheson's, uh, burger joint. Uh, it's basically where Cal Flutie used to be, uh, across from Trinity Bellwoods. Um. I don't know if I'd spend 20 bucks on a hamburger nor pay uh, order one on a Monday to pick it up on a Saturday. What? <laughs> yes, you heard it. Now, I know he's a bit of a celebrity. He's a celebrity chef in Toronto, right? Like, I, I think he's on one of the TV shows. I, I'm not a I'm not a, a huge follower fan, but I know he's, you know, in the food, in the food TV circuit. He's he's quite a well-known chef. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't I don't no. see no, exactly that's, that's hard pass yeah hard, hard pass. pass very hard pass so who went first overall so clearly it was, it was clearly it wasn't me because I didn't get a phone call <laughs> no no I don't think I, and I don't think I was projected to go until late in the second round so hopefully we'll be wrapped up by then um, but uh, yeah the Minnesota Timberwolves took uh, athletic wing Anthony Edwards from the University of Georgia first overall. So going into going into um, tonight, there was a lot of talk of, of uh, Lamelo uh, Ball, um, who's Lonzo Ball's uh, brother, going first overall. He ended up going third to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. The um, uh, the Golden State Warriors took James Wiseman second overall, but they got some bad news today because it looks like uh, one of the Splash Brothers, Clay Thompson, who uh, missed all of last season with an injury. Um, is undergoing tests after suffering another apparent lower leg injury. So uh, who knows when we're going to see that uh, very, very uh, lethal backcourt of Steph Curry and uh, and Clay Thompson back together again. 
It's too bad because they're great. Yeah. Um, there was another big trade not too long ago. Was uh, was it Chris Paul? Yeah, Chris Paul went to uh, went to the Phoenix Suns, where he'll be uh, paired with a rising star Devin Booker. So they'll be a, an interesting team to watch next year. Yeah, or this but, coming uh, year. And something that we we've been both been watching is the the moves that uh, Milwaukee has been making to try to entice Giannis to to stay by building a squad around him but you have some news on that don't you yeah one of the trades that uh, they tried to make has fallen through and that was uh, they uh, apparently it looked like they were going to get uh, uh, Bogdan Bogdan sorry I hope you can edit that out Bogdan (laughs) Bogdanovich Bogdan Bogdanovich from the uh, Sacramento Kings uh, who's a very, very effective three-point shooter in a sign-and-trade. Turns out Bogdanovich is not interested and wants to enter restricted free agency. So that piece of the Milwaukee Bucks puzzle uh, is not um, going to fall, not going to fit in. And uh, going back, one of the players that was supposed to be going back the other way is uh, the veteran Ersan Ilyasova, who is... Uh, very expensive for what he brings to the table. And after the draft, his salary is going to be guaranteed. And I think the Bucks were really hoping to offload that, um, you know, plus get a, a, a excellent three-point shooter in the deal. It looked like a great move on paper and didn't, didn't quite happen. They, do, they did pull off the trade uh, for uh, Drew Holiday, which will, you know, which will help. Um, is it enough to keep Giannis with... Uh, with with teams beckoning the the uh the raptors of course are always rumored to be involved i personally if he leaves milwaukee like the miami heat as a landing Mm -hmm. spot and i i know that uh, shortly after the playoffs that was kind of the the word on the street um being how far miami got and yeah i mean i mean they can offer you the weather they can offer you you know the the social life if you're into that um and uh and you know a a, uh, a really good young ball club with the insane jimmy butler love him or hate him the guy puts it uh puts it all out on the court he you know like you said going super saiyan which could just call him <laughs> bro lee right <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have no. I think I know only two characters in uh, Dragon Ball, so that was the best like I could pull out. Piccolo isn't that a guy? Isn't he the green guy? Uh, yeah, I think so. And uh, we we need we need a we Vegeta, need a Vegeta, Vegeta. I don't know. I, I've, I I've seen them in memes. I've never seen the show. <laughs> spoken like spoken like a true old dude. Oh yeah. Oh man. man! All right. I, you know, if it's not, if it's not, if it's not uh, G Force or Voltron, don't talk to me about that. Uh, Star Blazers. I don't want to know about your Japanese animation. And a, a bit of a, a spoiler alert. I totally forgot to ask Moxman about uh, GI Joe Bazooka. Oh yeah, that's right. Foot football jersey. Yeah. Handlebar mustache. Rocket launch. Uh, well, there's more, more like a mortar that he carries. Yeah, yeah, it's like a mortar. Okay. Any <laughs> case, uh, a, a very weird character. So another small plug to stick around for the 30 minute mark to listen to the interview with Moxman. But um, 
let's head on to the headlines. Uh, something that we we always talk about on the show uh, is is Star Wars, and um, for Star Wars fans and even George Lucas, this is I don't know I I don't know what the I guess people have a love hate relationship to it, um, and that is the infamous 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. This what for those that don't know, this was a TV extravaganza, if you will, shortly after New Hope was released, and it was in the style of 1970s variety show. There was other characters, there was singing, there was comedy, you name it, um, and this really bizarre, erotic VR thing that yeah. Chewbacca's uncle or dad was watching. That yeah, yeah. I, I even even as a kid, I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but the whole point of the documentary is not 90 minutes of of uh, someone slamming um, the uh, the holiday special. So let, let me. What's the the director's quote? Our film is not going to be 90 minutes of dumping on it because no one wants to watch that. Which I disagree with. I would. Yeah, I, 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 I would be here for that. In fact, we could probably film it. We could. We might have to do an episode where we're just—it's just us dumping on it for about an hour. And of course, you know, the only uh, good thing that came out of it was the uh, the Boba Fett cartoon, right? Yeah, which was also terrible. <laughs> it, it, it was. That is what people's general reaction is: is that was the only good part of it, and it was yes, relatively. Yes, relatively. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't big on the B. Arthur singing no. bartender song act thing. Um, so uh, this this uh, documentary is called A Disturbance in the Force. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to pick it up or if people are just going to watch it online or whatever. Um, but uh, I, I, I was one of those folks that I think I bought my VHS copy sometime in the early or early 2000s late 1990s i I picked up a copy from i think of all places a star trek convention (laughs) i think it cost me 25 bucks um i think the only redeeming value about watching it was the guy this was the version and i think this version has gone around where the guy included um or edited the star wars um themed commercials for the Kenner toys. Oh, that's cool. So, so I think he he edited it so that it was commercial free, but then he left the Star Wars commercials at the end, so when the credits roll, he then spliced together the I don't know the the three little or two or three commercials uh, for the Star Wars toys at that point in time. Our mutual but, friend uh, Steve Irwin bought uh, I don't were you there at that Fan Expo when he bought his VHS copy at fan, he bought it at Fan Expo. Um, when we saw it, it still has all the commercials from the television station in Kansas City that it was. Uh, oh, <laughs> was okay. I, that, that that was that wasn't the version I had. I some the 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 one I had was someone meticulously removed all the commercials. Yeah, yeah. This was the yeah. This was some sort of bootleg bootleg deal. But but the thing that I, I will never forget was David Prowse, Darth Vader himself, uh, the physical element of Darth Vader was there. Signing autographs had no lineup. This is when Fan Expo you could actually get to get to the yeah. uh, get to get to the guests. 
So, so Steve goes up to him with this cassette and he says, Mr. Prowse, I'm a really big fan, but I just want to say, how do you explain this? And he puts puts it down in front of him. And then David Prowse is like, I've, I don't have no idea what this is. And he's looking at it. And then on the back, like there's a picture of like it's got stills from the special and there's Darth Vader. And he goes, well, there's me on the back, but I don't remember being in this at all. And we were like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then it turns out he he's right. He was he was not in it. And, and any Darth <laughs> Vader footage is is spliced in from stuff they had from A New Hope. So he is the one guy who can completely wash his hands of the whole thing. That's that's a that's an awesome story. Uh, yeah, because every the, the entire cast, well, majority, well, basically the entire cast, like Mark Hamill was in it. I remember he had amazing hair in that. Uh, uh, <laughs> Carrie Fisher, uh, who was questionably pretty high throughout the entire filming. Uh, Harrison Ford, uh, Peter Mayhew, uh, and of course, um, he, he, I think he just refuses to retire from the character, and that's Anthony Daniels. Mm-hmm. He must have been in it. Anthony oh, Daniels yeah. does he everything. Was in it. He was definitely in it. But... Uh, it's interesting because, yeah, to the community and to Lucas himself, it was kind of a, a big embarrassment, I guess, in, in some ways. But I think the documentary was, the, the whole point of the documentary is, I guess, to provide some type of context. Because if you were to watch it now, and I'm sure it's on YouTube or if you still have your bootleg copy on VHS, it would be quite jarring to watch it as, a, as even a new fan. Like if I were to show that to to my son i think he would find it extremely jarring Mm -hmm. um but to someone sitting in the 70s like 1978 and watching a variety show that was quite commonplace right like that's Mm -hmm. that was just what tv like popular tv was you'd have these celebrity uh variety shows happening i guess it would be no different than if we were to do it today if suddenly the entire cast of uh rise of skywalker to where to be on big brother yeah i can remember mark hamill was on uh was on the muppets the muppet show and there was like a gonzo was darth vader they'd had a whole skit you know kind of thing and it's the same sort of vibe you know that that variety show vibe that you're talking about it was much better um <laughs> than the star wars holiday special but yeah you're right uh, that was very much it was very much of its time mm-hmm but it's 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 bonkers now. Well, well, it's also very boring. So it's really weird because if you're watching it, you're so bored, and yet you're kind of interested to see just how off the rails it's gonna go. So I don't I've I don't know about you, Larry. I'll ask you this: Have you been able in in your adult life to watch the entire thing in one sitting? Oh, the the holiday special. The holiday special, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, wow. I so when I when I purchased it, I think I watched it all the way through twice because I watched it <laughs> first by myself, and then someone said, "You have it." I'm like, "Can we watch it?" I'm like, "Sure," and they actually stomached through it. It was it was quite it was quite amazing. I, um. 
yeah, I I don't get much pleasure out of it. <laughs> I, I I don't even. It's not even even the kitschy value. Um, it's 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 just like I just wanted to be in that boardroom when they were making decisions and producing that show. Yeah, um, I mentioned there's a fascinating story behind it. You're yeah, you're absolutely right. But but I want I want you and the rest of the listeners right now to basically drop everything and go to holidayspecialdoc.com and you have to see the movie poster. It could pos- it, it's rocking my world right now. Please Curtis, I want your I want your 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 immediate reaction to to their to their movie poster. <laughs> where is you- where I see like a um is it on the is it on the uh, little clip the Vimeo clip or is that uh... Oh okay sorry so if you, if you if you followed through to our our call sheet it's uh it's at the bottom of the article it says official website for more details And it's Oh uh, I see now. official website for more details so it's, it's holiday ha! special <laughs> That is great I like I like the prominence that Diane Carroll gets that's easily the most disturbing part of the whole thing. And as you mentioned, even in its time, it was disturbing. That I, I love the seventies graffiti drawing of Han Solo in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was from the Nelvana cartoon. Yeah. Where he couldn't open his eyes for the whole thing for some reason. <laughs> he, he looks like, he looks like a, a character out of uh, fat Albert. He does. He does. You know, like, like, like he's the older guy in the in the in the in the in the van. <laughs> who's the guy in the Who's the guy in the in the uh, in the suit and tie there? What's that guy's? Uh, I don't remember a suit and tie uh, individual. Uh, it looks like a projection. Was it? Was he like some kind of news oh, delivery? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I, but fantastic that poster in fact i might have to try to figure out how do i acquire one <laughs> uh, so yeah i'm looking forward to star wars holiday yeah. special documentary because apparently the guy has decent footage like recordings of peter mayhew actually on the set and that's what i want i, I want to know what were they thinking when they were filming it because people like <laughs> diane carroll B. Arthur, like it was bad enough trying to like you hear the stories of them trying to reconcile with Alec Guinness on the set of A New Hope, trying to explain to Alec Guinness, prominent actor, yeah, this is what's happening, and you're like, he's like, what, what is going on? <laughs> so, I would just love to be in there to to explain, have people explain what's going on. Uh, um, other th- other big headline, obviously, November twelfth passed. Uh, the new console war. I, I, actually, I don't want to call it war because it's not a war. <laughs> um, the new consoles are fully out now. PS5 came out on November 12th. Um, but as a result of the console being out and its very successful launch, there is also the exploiters. I don't want to call them um, scam artists because really they're putting it out there. And if you're wanting to fork out the money that they're asking, like I, I don't really call them scammers. They, they, I could call them more exploiters, right? Um, but this story is not really about an exploiter. Really, he's not really an exploiter. He put out a eBay ad for a cardboard replica. So in the ad, it actually does say 
it's a cardboard replica and the guy talks about how it, he spent like three hours putting it together and you know no offense but i i'm not i'm not uh i'm not into paper mache or anything but his replica looks garbage <laughs> it looks horrible i'm sorry you know I, i'm sure it took him three hours i i don't even know what he did for the three hours i think he was probably you know having dinner and then counted to three hours but he made this replica cardboard replica which looks like it's a cereal box with extra cardboard on it and this cutout of the controller yeah and it sold for four hundred dollars Curtis, what are we doing working for a living when we could just be sitting here mass producing cereal box PS5s and be honest about what we're selling? <laughs> I'd like to know the person who bought it. Like, I'd just like to know what the thought process is. Is it like, is it somebody who's like so, so wanted it so bad that they didn't read any of the and and like didn't look at the page, didn't look at the pictures, didn't read any of the text? Is it someone who's just very very stupid like the people who went to the hitman website or is it somebody who was like this is so funny that this guy deserves i have a lot of money this is so funny that this guy just deserves four hundred dollars and i'll have this and it will be a great conversation piece uh no no i i thought about that too i thought did this guy do it as a, a charitable thing because he i think there was some kind of story saying that he did build it because he couldn't get one himself so maybe it was done out of charity but still i don't give anyone that much credit i think people are so desperate which is kind of funny because in this day and age when everyone knew when the pre-order started like it wasn't that difficult to get it wasn't like uh do you remember when they launched the wii oh the yeah Nintendo Wii? yeah like that was insane mm -hmm. how you know people were going to ends of the earth trying to find one. But but that was also back in the day when you couldn't really pre-order. You had to line up and pick one up or put yourself on a mailing list or whatever. But in the electronic age, you're just hitting, clicking a few buttons and getting yourself on the list. So why didn't you do that in the first place? But Well, there was, if you did do that, you still had some problems. Did you hear about the, um, there was the Canada Post problems that they got to, uh... They got they got so backed up they couldn't fulfill all the PS5 pre-orders. Oh my! I didn't realize that. No, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So are they like, are they getting death threats? I'm, I I guarantee they got at least one. <laughs> guarantee. Um, but but uh, getting back. So this is this guy. I wouldn't really call him this particular guy as an, an exploiter, but it was just more of a funny story. But. I did go on to eBay uh, on the weekend, and the most expensive unit I found was $1,300. And apparently he had already sold two at that price. Yeah. I mean, there are, there, there are people who have, have that discretionary income, and they're going to pay it. So, you know, if you... You know, are enterprising enough, I guess, and you get and you and you and you get one, and and all you want to do is flip it. You know, there will be somebody to, to pay it. I remember there was, I think it might have been the PS3, uh, because the PS2 was also very hard to get for a long time. Uh, the the PS3, um, 
we did a story at the Canadian Press about about a guy who bought two of them and tried to tried to flip them, and they ended up just sitting in his closet. So for some reason, that system it didn't quite work. Uh, but then this PS Five was just like it. There was just so much. It wasn't even that much hype compared to like. I mean, it's the same amount of hype as other systems, but maybe it's. Uh, as as we'll get in into when we when we talk to uh, to Moxman later, maybe it's just like it, it's a it's a COVID thing, right? Like pe- people are are stuck inside, so they'll spend a lot of money on inside things. Like that, like back mm-hmm. when you couldn't get weights or whatever, you know. <laughs> like the, the PS Five, it's just it's just like part of the time we live in. It's just everybody wanted one big because you couldn't even get a switch like well after launch at the beginning of, of the lockdown, you couldn't find a switch anywhere, you know, and that system was two years old or whatever. I remember how I was mentioning, I was trying to find the Wii fit and only the last month Best Buy had restocked on it. Yeah. And that was over six months of, waiting yeah and now i'm like uh, i'm not really interested anymore <laughs> but uh, i don't really feel like we're exercising with through video games but uh, november 12th also meant that you got to open yours right that's right yeah mine did arrive uh and uh it's it's really good it's i haven't been able to do too much on it uh the only game the only ps5 game that i have uh right now is uh assassin's creed valhalla so um you know i don't even have I, I i just got like some download codes for a couple of others so i haven't really played a game that's been like built ground up for just the ps5 but i have to say like it's i've, I've really really liked the system and i'm kind of still because i'm so used to the ps4 trying to figure out the menus and the interface and stuff like that but um what I like the most about it is like, yes, it's a graphical upgrade and stuff like that. It's the load times. They're just like a game, like a game, like Assassin's Creed. It used to be because they've got to load in like the whole, the whole world and stuff. So every time you, even, even every time you just did like a fast travel somewhere, you'd have to sit there. And and I'm thinking of when I played, Assassin's Creed Odyssey on the PS4, you're sitting there looking at a load screen for like about 45 seconds to a minute. Now it's like a couple of seconds and, and you're and you're back. And I think it's going to save a lot of peripherals oh, because if you got die, me all. Uh, you don't have time to get mad and throw your controller. You're just... Uh, <laughs> because you're back in the game so quickly. Oh, you got me all... You got my hands rubbing together uh, if we can hear this over the line. That's... That's me. Well, what we'll do is we'll let you have um, your time with it bit, and then maybe next episode we'll uh, we'll talk a little more in depth after you've given a bit more uh, mileage on the PS5. I did hear, and I don't want to call it a complaint. I did hear about that comment about the uh, like the operating system UI mm-hmm. that some people had. You know, there's a bit of a learning curve. Let's just call it that. Yeah, I don't I don't love it yet because I'm because I'm trying to figure out where things like just to, to put it in a rest mode like i figured it out quickly but like it wasn't like i was used to doing it in the ps4 you just hold down the the playstation button mm-hmm. and then you get into the power options and this one you have to sort of like press the power button twice and then you, you go down to like a menu at the bottom and then you get to the power options but maybe like 
after a couple of months, I'll prefer it. I don't know. Like it, it always like when the new systems come out, you, you you need a little bit of time to familiarize yourself just with the 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 interface and and this this system's certainly All no right. different. Okay, so we'll wait. We'll wait for that. But uh, more importantly, you finally subscribed to PS Plus, which means that we'll be able to do a, a let's play on uh, a way out. So look for that in a future episode. I got to figure out how we're gonna do that one. That one we might actually have to do it on Twitch, or, and we'll link through this podcast. But we'll 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 talk maybe talk about our exploits as as we as you and I try to escape from jail. Yeah, but. Why don't, why don't we move on to our guest? And this man needs, well, he needs some introduction, but really he doesn't. Uh, he's a man that knows the game very well, and it's MTG Moxman. Thanks again, Moxman, for jumping onto the show again. Uh, he was on, I should preface it, that he was on earlier during our lo-fi tapings, but we thought we'd bring him back on because uh, he's such a good friend of the show, and... Uh, Want to say how how's it going there? Hey, how's it going there, Moxman? Hey, it's awesome, man. Thanks for having me back. No, not a problem. Not a problem. I know your busy schedule. You're getting new episodes up. I think you just posted a new episode about 20 minutes ago. So, uh, yes, you're 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 a busy man with this. So, um, last time we brought you on, it was probably shortly after the lockdown, and mm. your channel was a lot different then because I think you were maybe a hundred subs. Yep. Uh, you were still just kind of, you know, talking about whatever was interesting to you or what you opened up in the mail and for magic. Yeah. Um, but uh, hey, how's the channel going? And you know, any growing pains since uh, we talked to you last? Um, uh, well, yeah, there's actually been lots of growing pains, and it's been very painful. Um, somewhere around, oh, I want to say late May, early June. I guess due to what's going around the world with COVID-19, a lot more people had time. Uh, and I happened to get found by a few more people and then a few more people. And then before you know it, um, just filming on my phone wasn't good enough for most people. They want you to upgrade. They want, you know, oh, you're great, but you need better lighting. Oh, you're great, but you need a, a better camera. Oh, you're great, but, you know, so, you know, I went from using my camera phone to now having a multi-light setup uh, multiple cameras for different types of filming, like one for filming cards, one for filming myself. Um, uh, just got a new microphone recently that allows me to be heard a lot more clearly. So yeah, and, and that with with um, having to manage uh, conversating with over a thousand people and making sure everyone gets their voices heard, be able to answer back, which I think is important, can take some time. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of brutal, but it's been fun. A lot of fun. Do, do, do you have that camera set up where you actually have the um over the hand uh yes I, yeah, yeah oh nice I, I always love it when they do unboxings and, and yeah you can I, have an see over, both. I have an over setup and i have a front-facing camera and, and then i have um uh, another camera that's just for like close-ups of cards because it's much more clear for images and and i also noticed that you have that awesome intro that you're uh prefacing with all your episodes now oh the yeah yeah mtg mox where it breaks apart and becomes all kinds of little stones shooting out the out of the screen, yeah. My uh, my own nephew actually made that for me. He's fantastic. <laughs> That's right. I think you, you think you owe him a few a few bucks for that or a few. Oh yeah, few he's, he's gonna be taking care of it. Christmas, it's coming. It's in the mail. Uh, Max man, tell me, um, what's you know, 
we're still kind of in the COVID lockdown. Like, what's the current state of uh, Magic the Gathering right now? Like, what can you tell us? Well, um, yeah, yeah. The, the card game itself is actually extremely successful right now. Sales have never been higher. That's due to the fact that people have less to do. Uh, board games in general are being sold on uh, mass. I've been at a couple of card shops on the weekend where people are coming in and buying $1,000 worth of board games, Dungeons & Dragons stuff, Warhammer, paints, maybe not to actually play with a group of friends, but just to set up. People are buying the cards to still build decks, to crack pats, to have some fun. Um, you're not seeing in-house gaming sessions. You're not seeing any pre-releases at local LGSs. Uh, but I've talked to, actually, I've talked about, two, I can actually tell you, uh, 16 different LGSs uh, between Calgary to Ontario, uh, and sales are through the roof. Uh, they're actually very happy, uh, and their staffing is even lower because of store hours, what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Well, so Magic itself is actually very healthy, other than there's a shortage of product. And that's good to hear, because I think when we chatted last, we know that a lot of these um, card stores, the community that they build within... Um, the store is a big is yeah. a big thing or it was becoming a big thing right like you'd go on a friday night and most places would be you know Absolutely. friday night magic would just be happening um but but i guess it's yeah. not a surprise i guess we shouldn't all be surprised i think we're, we've all probably bought more games video games board games anything to kind of pass the time away yeah more things you can do at house by yourselves yeah yeah absolutely it doesn't mean that their rent's any cheaper it doesn't mean their overhead's cheaper but hopefully they're selling enough product to keep themselves in business i know a few small shops that did close uh but it was usually due to um already outstanding debts oh <laughs> just too much in hawk and uh in, in old sets right and not enough time uh... to dig out yeah so, Moxman, uh, Magic the Gathering is obviously uh, your game, uh, MTG Moxman. Um, <laughs> and uh, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, sort of the the juggernaut that it is within within its genre. Because you have Magic the Gathering, and then you have Pokemon, and then you maybe have a couple of other card games uh, to a lesser extent. And then you have a whole bunch of of uh other card games that are based on very successful ips and yet don't seem to have the same uh staying power or the same slice of the uh slice of the pie as as magic and pokemon mm. and uh maybe you could do, give us your insight into why that is uh, sure um now when i started uh it was back in 93 94 um magic was just coming out it was the first card game like this of course that's why it's a collectible card game uh, it became very successful, probably because it was the first. Uh, lots of games fall within the first couple of years. Those games ceased to exist within two, three years. There was a Marvel one called Overpower. There was a Dungeon Dragons one. I forget the name of that, but cool characters, good IP, like you say. Um, they had another game called Illuminati. Uh, there was Vampire, The Masquerade. Some of these games still have a, a hardcore following of players who play them. Uh, the boxes can be, still be found online sometimes. But then when we fast forward all the way to today, which is what we're talking about. Um, you have games like like Magic still being huge and massive and 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 well funded and backed and and it's a it's a billion dollar industry from what Hasbro uh, posts on their on their records for their financials now. Um, but other games, uh, recently Transformers itself was a was a card game run by Hasbro, still own you know still run by them, but. They, they closed it down, and it looks like it was due to printing shortages that they wanted to open up 
for Magic the Gathering because it's a more popular game and they weren't making as much money from the Transformers games, so they mothballed it for now. Now, other games are still out there. There's games like Flesh and Blood. Um, there, there are still um, smaller card games like uh, Fight Night and stuff that are still out there. They have their followings. There, there's Vanguard. Um, those games all still exist. They just have a much smaller following. And, and in some cases, um, they've already ceased business, but there's so much product that players can still make it. And in some cases, players are so hardcore, they actually make their own game still. So they actually produce their own cards. It gets vetted by their own private judging system, and they still issue it out to players so they can run tournaments online, which is amazing that they have that kind of following and they have that many loyal people that still want to play. There are lots of games you can still buy and play all the time. They're just not as well known. It's harder to get um, the big bite that's going on. Now, recently I was just talking about Flesh and Blood. Uh, it is a card game I have not played yet, but I've had some people on my channel want me to open some. They have purchased it for me. It is being sent to me so I can open it on the channel. I will not know the card game itself, but I'm always willing to try things out. Most people are not. They stay comfortable where they are. Most people are comfortable with Magic. They're comfortable with Pokemon or even Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Those kind of games are games they know and have played for a long time. Um, so it's hard to get people out of their comfort zone for any long period of time, unless a company really makes you angry for some reason, like jacks the price is too high or something. Then we spend with our wallets, right? So... So um, it's kind of how it is right now. So you're saying uh, um, magic has has been around uh, so long. So I imagine if you're looking to get into magic, it could be a very daunting proposition. Oh. So what advice do you have for the novice magic player? Uh, okay. If you are a new magic player out there and you want to learn to play magic, you should hit up your local LGS. They usually have free booster, like little starter decks they give you that give the rules, give you the website to go to, but they also have a deck inside. It's a very basic deck. It's free. There are five colors. You can get all five. You don't have to spend a dime. Magic itself does not have to be an expensive game to play. In some cases, card stores will just give you cards. They, they, they'll just give away a whole bunch of commons that they have that they don't care about. Um, and it's a great way to get players first getting familiar with the game. If you're just playing with a friend at home, you do not have to have $10,000 cards in your deck, right? That's if you're going to be competitive or if you just are one of those people that has to have it, speaking for myself. Like, I just, I'm glad I have it, right? But if you're just learning to play, it doesn't really cost anything. Your local LGS is trying to promote this game. They will give you things for free. It won't cost you a dime. And if it does, something's wrong because they are free at those stores. Right, because these are, the starter sets you're talking about are pre-constructed, ready-to-go decks right that's right with a rule of what to play yeah, and how to because play because if you kind of start off just buying booster packs like that becomes a daunting thing because oh. you, you're you're not sure well, well because so i remember the first time i was learning um and i i think i partially have you to blame uh but we can talk about it in a story <laughs> um but but my little one came home and I was like, what do you got there, buddy? Oh, these are magic cards. I'm like, yeah, I know they're magic cards. Where'd you get them from? <laughs> um, but uh, so what I was what I was going to say is the pre-constructed decks will have everything one would need to carry a game. Because if you're trying to build one yourself, like I had questions like, I don't know how much land should I have in my hand? Uh, should I go for more spells or more monsters? Uh, do I bring out these monster, like big monsters, which are really meant for, 
you know, mid to late game and stack them there mm-hmm. or uh, the, like the mechanics and magic, I think are, at least I found very daunting because they also change with every set. There's always some tweak to the mechanics and that, you know, uh, yeah. I, I always found hard to keep up. Uh, but that's just me. I, 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 you know, someone like you and anyone who's in the magic community would just be like dying for new mechanics because they they want to see how it will work with. We like to see some yeah, fresh yeah. stuff. <laughs> now, now you can also you can also um, play free online uh, on, on Arena, which is Magic's like uh-huh. website. You can play that for free as well. I would never put money into it, but it's a great way to play because some of the things there are pre constructed decks as well. But when you look at the deck edit, you can see how many lands you're supposed to have, how many creatures. They break it down already for you. So it's a great way of looking and taking a checklist, taking a photo, and seeing what you have and kind of comparing. Yeah, nice. uh, I was going to ask you about Arena. And like, how does how does someone like you who've been in the game since day one um, like view the Arena? Um... Um, okay, I am viewing Arena from different uh, views than most players. Um, I see it as a deck testing area. Back in the old days when we were doing this, um, you had to buy the cards and build the deck before you could even test out mm-hmm. what you had, right? Or you're writing pieces of paper with proxies and trying to keep track of everything. It was very, very convoluted and, 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 and confusing. I can get those cards in Arena just by saving up my points, which are free from winning matches, opening multiple packs and working with what I can get, and then winning more free cards later to build these decks. Then if a deck does well, if I really like the style and how I built it, then I can actually go into the real world if I want a paper copy of it and build the deck for real to play at a tournament or with friends. So I'm not spending nearly as much money as in the old days when I first learned to play or, you know, trading with friends and you're trying to get the cards you need to make it all work. Now you can just deck test. I can play hundreds of matches and see and then go out and buy the cards yeah. myself and make So what's it. the economy like awesome. in Arena? Like obviously you can still buy boosters and... Yeah, it, it's all for wizards though. So there's no trading, nothing like that. They want you to to buy uh, like these like points. Uh, you spend like a hundred bucks or fifty bucks or thirty bucks, whatever they can get out of you, <laughs> um, and then and then allows you to buy packs. But every day there's a daily challenge that gets you free packs anyway. So you don't have to play that game, but you can. And then they make little pretty things like you can get little icons and little token creatures that just sit there on your side of the battlefield and look at you and stuff. Um, I don't go for any of that. Like I said, I'm playing it for right, deck right. testing. I'm not a kid who's going, this looks awesome. But, but you can, but you, but I guess my point being is you can completely wail out on arena and just start throwing your credit card at, and, and just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like any other microtransaction and nowadays. Just, and just Absolutely. try to find that one rare card just like in real life and just yeah. stack the deck oh you will you will if you're, if you're willing to spend enough they even have like these special promo things that get like full art versions of it and yeah if you buy enough packs yeah you'll, you'll definitely get whatever you want do you find that when they come out with uh new cards or or like a like a new a new set um mm-hmm. that there's uh a lot of power creep do you find that uh you always have to get the latest stuff or are there some cards that are evergreen in their usefulness? Do you think it's balanced uh, old content versus new content? Well, I mean, what they've done, they've structured magic now around multiple formats. So the format that comes out every, every three, four months, that's called standard. So every couple of years, those sets rotate out. Um, and then there's like pioneer, which is like the last, like kind of like 10 sets. 
uh, and any set going afterwards. So it's like 10 all the way continuous. So there's different versions for different styles of player. The oldest version is like Vintage and Legacy. But most people can't play that anymore because a deck in that series is like $100,000. So most people can't play that old of a, of a deck. And there's such a shortage of those cards that that's very hard. Whereas the modern stuff, Modern, Commander, there's even a penny game called Popper. Where every card's got to cost less than a dollar. So that people build Popper decks. So there are different cards for different people. Now, as opposed to Power Creep, which is definitely a thing. I'll give you an example um, as a short form. A card that was really awesome, like totally amazing back in the day, was like a 2-2 like White Knight. And he had First Strike and Protection from Black. That was like an amazing card for two. Nowadays, they have creatures that cost two that like eliminate creatures when they come into play or let you resummon creatures from the battlefield in the graveyard and give pluses to your creatures. So yeah, Power Creep is a definite real thing. And, and it happens. And sometimes Wizard fails. So when Wizards does their R&D department, when they're trying to rush these products out, especially this year, they had numerous cards that got banned before they even really got a chance to get played. So people may have spent four or $500 getting a play set of four, which is what you're allowed to have in a, in a, in a standard deck. Um, but it got banned before you could use it. Now, so all those Now, when you talk about money. banned, that means you just can't play it in a, in a registered tournament. It means you can't play it in the standard format it's in. Yeah, so you can't play it right now. You can play it in a vintage or maybe a commander, but you cannot play it in the standard. So... You may have spent a lot of money trying to get these four really amazing cards and then find out they're not being allowed anymore before we even had tournaments, like a week after it came out. So for those listening that uh, are into Magic and know know their stuff, so why don't we ask a, a more advanced question there, Sean, in, in the, in, to tag along with uh, Curtis's question. So what's currently in meta right now? What's currently Sorry? in the meta right now? Like what were the top cards? What, what are the mean? top cards? Oh, top cards right now? It depends on what deck you're oh, playing. Oh, let's say standard. Again, that can be a very... Yeah, okay, well, standard depends again. They're not having tournaments, but they, they there are certain decks right now they are doing very well. There's, um, with the newest set, which was uh, Zendikar Rising, you're seeing a lot of flip decks. So deck you out, which is like these little crabs. And whenever you lay land, the person flips three into a graveyard. But then there's other cards that go with that to protect him. And there's like a card that makes you, an enchantment makes you flip two or three cards a turn. And then there's a land that when it comes into play you can just blow up your own land to go get another land which makes you flip three more cards so on turn four and five the game is over so that deck you're seeing everywhere in arena right now it's everywhere uh as well as these life-taking decks which are like vampires that whenever they hit you for damage they take you take that much more damage and they gain that much more life so that's like a turn four kill as well I've seen it happen to me all the time and then a typical deck that new players will do is always a, a, a red aggro come and get you with like little relic, you know, little guys coming running at you, little goblins and, and orcs and stuff coming, you know, and you're dead in turn three or four. Those are your three decks that I'm seeing all the time. So, so no one's doing a long game milling type strategy anymore. Uh, well, it's still milling, but it just happens a lot faster, <laughs> like a lot faster. You got a picture. On turn one, they put out a crab, okay? So it's just a little crab. It's 0-3. It doesn't even attack. So the next turn, let's say you lay out a land. That's great. Now it's their turn. So they first will lay out another crab. So now they have two crabs. Then they lay out like a land that lets them search for a land. But they did put a land in place. So now you flip six. But then the new land comes into play, and you flip six. And when they do that again next turn, and they have a third crab, 
you just lost 48 cards from your deck on turn two and three. So you have no cards left to win the game. And the game is over unless you have some way of recycling your deck, which there's only one or two cards that are doing it right now, which most people aren't using. But it is fun to watch. I hate it, but it is I, fun to watch. I think that was watch. the only strategy I went was basically mill and kill. <laughs> that was the only strategy I ever yeah! played well with. But uh, that that's good insight. Um, uh, before you leave us today's episode, thank you again for coming along. Um, it was this episode that you posted recently. I want to ask you about it. Uh, I think you posted it maybe a day or two ago. And it was, at first I was interested in the title because it was titled Magic Player, Which Type Are You? And I started ah, watching it and I yeah. thought, okay, this is an interesting episode. Kind of, you know, on, but kind of off brand. Like, I, I want to know if uh, what the impetus for that episode was about. Okay, well, um, as my channel has continued to grow, you, you as you get bigger, um, you, you start to notice that there are some people out there who um, may just pop onto your channel, leave a comment. Uh, there'd be people you meet in real life who maybe know you now or might recognize you. And some of those people are going to be positive magic players. They have good experiences. They, they've been happy playing the game. There are some people uh, out there who I found um, are not so happy. Maybe they have uh, difficult things going on in their life, and this is their way of venting by playing magic. But unfortunately, when, when they play, they're out to like um, humiliate the opposing opponent. And that's not what magic's about. It's not what it's for. And on and this particular day, I was I was I was having a good day. Things were going awesome. Work was well, good comments, good stuff, answering back. And and some people left some comments that led me to think it was a very nice thing. So I made some comments back that were received very negatively, even though it was a positive comment I left. And and they seemed very upset. And and that that view of somebody being that upset about something when really what I had said was a very minor comment is like hey come join my channel and have some fun um that that person took it the wrong way i guess and and he came out like guns a blazing in 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 an unhappy very unhappy atmosphere and it led me to to think about that and and dwell on that for like the whole afternoon it monopolized parts of my day and, and i thought well what what makes a person want to think that way and, and i thought of all the times i've been at tournaments and 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 pre-releases and GPs, and I have never in my day, on my worst day, never acted anywhere close to that. Uh, I'm that type of guy who goes to tournament, I, I wanna play. I don't sleeve my decks, because I didn't sleeve them back then. I want that experience I had when I was a teenager. So I don't care if I have like a $50 card when I open my pre-release kit, I'm gonna shuffle it in and play. And at the end, even if I've beaten the person, I'm gonna give them the wins. I'm not there to win, I'm there to play. Some of the younger players need to win so they can get some free packs, get some free boosters. And a lot of times I just give my cards away. And it led me to think like there are some players I've seen at these tournaments who are angry and mean and, and, and they call you out for every wrong move you make. Well, when you're calling out a 10 year old for some wrong move he made, he's 10, he's learning. Give that kid a break and encourage him because those players are the ones who are gonna be playing 15, 20 years from now who might want your old cards, man. Be nice to them, you don't know. You don't know what that, that kid's going to be or become, but he's enjoying the game. Let him play and have some fun. That's what he's there to do. And his mom could be watching, man. Be respectful. I think that's a, so, that's a problem that sort of permeates uh, a lot of a lot of gaming, be it uh, be it tabletop or you know, I play MM, I play uh, MMOs a lot, and uh, you you see you see you see the best and worst of humanity. 
<laughs> well, I in one true. evening, and, and and your your episode kind of nailed a, a a point that kind of I was thinking about, which was these grumpy old guys forgot that all players were at that stage. Like you weren't born knowing, Absolutely. knowing you weren't born out of the womb and uh, an amazing magic player, right? And knowing what you know, yeah. exactly. And and just people forget, you know, their roots of where they started. And and like 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 Curtis said, it's people forget their, you know, uh, over time, and and it just brings out the worst in them. But I found it really an interesting episode to bring up because usually you're you you do offer giveaways, you're giving your insight to cards, you're doing pack on openings and then this this one episode just kind of stuck out i mean i was like oh you know there's something that must have brought it out in him and i thought i just wanted to highlight that but uh yeah just you know you find your topics in the weirdest places and when i think it needs to be touched upon because it is out there i like to do it oh oh no for sure especially now that if people are playing more online and as, as curtis and i know when we do our video game segment yeah it's there are people we the last couple of weeks we've been laughing at um uh, some of these internet trolls that have been uh, sending death threats because a game was not months in delay, but weeks in delay. And I was like, really? Wow. You can't wait an extra two weeks? <laughs> Where's our patience gone? Well, we also said that the death threat doesn't mean anything. Like, people are throwing that around like, any, like you know, it's so ubiquitous now, yeah. but... <laughs> it's, it's it's not something to cast you know to, to cast light light upon really you know in in the strictest sense but it's just the, the currency of them is just completely devalued by people just throwing them out they don't just say i'm angry with you anymore it's always a death threat it's, so so strange so curtis and i are waiting for our first death threat if you ask me but uh okay where <laughs> where where can folks find your channel oh they can they can find me uh, a few places now i'm on instagram uh, you'll find me as MTG Moxman on Instagram. You can follow me there. Uh, and on my YouTube channel, you can find me at, you know, YouTube, obviously, and then just type in MTG Moxman. I will totally come up in the search engine, or you can just type in, uh, you know, YouTube uh, dot backslash C backslash uh, MTG Moxman. I'll be there. Oh, Moxman, before you go, mm. uh, you, you're also, um, you're not just Magic the Gathering. You also have a very impressive uh, collection of uh, action figures, other collectibles. Yes, I'd like to know place. what your thought is of the must-have collectible for this holiday season. Oh, you know what? I have not seen too many things coming out that really grab me right now. I was waiting to see about some of the Mandalorian stuff. Yoda is going to be big. Baby Yoda is going to be everywhere. Okay, I've already seen that. Like I've seen like hats and scarves, and I saw a light-up little toy that you can put in your in his pouch thing. It was crazy. I saw that at Walmart. It was like nuts. Uh, I'm going to say Baby Yoda is going to be huge this Christmas. You're going to see the toys everywhere. <laughs> that's that's my call. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't I think it's an easy bet because there weren't any toys last season. In, I think there wasn't any, any toys for Mandalorian really at all mm. until this this uh, this last little bit. Um, I think they've been having, what do they, what does Star Wars call them? Uh, Mando Mondays where they're, releasing toys every week for people to um pre-order before the christmas holidays so uh but it's all american stuff because i was thinking about picking up some stuff but uh to no avail you probably go to their website probably hasbro.com will have a uh, exclusive thing you can order from. i know because now without fan expo i couldn't get any of my stuff this year so i gotta figure out a way to yeah 
get my get my hands on it. Okay, well, so thanks good. a lot, Moxman, and hopefully next time we'll we're, we'll chat with you and please come back onto the show again. You'll be at Anytime, you'll be guys, you'll be at maybe ten thousand subscribes and uh... oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> we'll be at ten. Well, you know, everyone listening, <laughs> go visit Moxman on YouTube. Have a look at his channel. He's very entertaining. Uh, give him a sub. Give him a like. Um, and I noticed also, Moxman, you respond to every single comment to for every all comment. That is amazing. Yeah, I think it's the least you can do as a creator is I want to engage with my audience. So I don't care how long it takes, hours. I just you get it done. Amazing. Love that dedication, Moxman. And thanks again for coming onto the show. Anytime, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Looking forward to coming back. Thanks, Moxman. Cheers, man. So Curtis Moxman coming to visit us again. Always a pleasure of having him around. Man, that guy has so much energy. He's got a lot of energy. It's uh, and he's uh, you know has a lot of a uh, lot of good stories. A lot of uh, you know if you go to his if you go to his YouTube channel, he's got some you know he's got uh, obviously he's got his uh, as you said his unboxing and stuff, but he's also just got some good stories about tournaments and stuff like that. Like he's he's a fun guy to listen to. So w- one thing that uh, we didn't talk about because it it, it would be an episode onto itself. Uh, Moxman gave us a little tour of his uh, of his lair and his collectible toys. Yeah, he's got some. Uh, he's got he's got a some few a few Star, Star Wars, Wars toys, some vintage <laughs> Star Wars figures. No shortage of Transformers. Uh, and I noticed, uh, as I noted before, he's got uh, uh, an issue just like me of uh, Hulk one eighty one, the first full appearance of Wolverine. Yeah, he's really, really interesting guy. Uh, so hopefully you guys will go visit his site, give him a subscribe, show him some love. You know, he's just like us, just trying to do this on the side and just having fun with it. Um, but uh, talking about having fun, we got to end the fun for this episode. Uh, thank you as always, Curtis. Um, remember that uh, you can find us on Spotify uh, and iTunes. Just search up the existentialist cucumber and if you're listening to us on itunes remember give us a little rating give us some stars throw some comments it Curtis can be one waiting. it can be one star it can be one star it, wait, not it's not not our prep it's not it's not uh preferable but uh but but you know an honest one star you know we can take it yeah but it does help us if we do have some ratings, get get the word out um, and have other people uh, find our, our little podcast. All right. So um, thanks again for listening. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. <laughs>